Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of Trinity Church PCA in Collierville, Tennessee, right outside of Memphis. For more information about our church, you can visit our website, missioncollierville.org. We have been working our way through the Gospel of Mark, and we are in Mark chapter 10. And we would have gone on to the next text this morning. And then we had this tragic incident happen in the city of Collierville. And I thought that instead of continuing on in Mark this Lord's Day, that we would stop and that we would think about and talk about, according to the Word of God, evil and difficulty. That we would stop and that we would examine what has just happened in our community in light of the Word of God. We will resume with the Gospel of Mark next week. So we're going to look at Psalm 23, the writings of King David. Let us stand out of reverence for the Word of God as we look at this very familiar passage of Scripture. Hear the Word of the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. May God bless the reading of His Word. You may be seated. So a couple of weekends ago, we went kayaking as a family, and it's a very calm river for the most part. It's a fast-flowing river, but it only has a few rapids on it, and they're very tame, they're very mild. And so... We're, we're coming down the river, and my family and our friends got ahead of me. And it really, there were only one or two small rapids left to navigate. And, and I turned my kayak over. I mean, I cannot stress to you what an amateur move this was, because it's just a few ripples. But I hit the one rock in the midst of those ripples, and my kayak turns upside down, and then it begins to fill with water, and the stream is continuing to move, and it's one of the deeper parts of the river, so I can't get my kayak flicked over. I'm being drugged along the rock, so I, I fling myself on top of the kayak, and I ride it out until it calms down. I pull it over to the side of the river, and 45 minutes later, I'm able to flip it over, stand it upright, get all of the water out of it, find my paddle, and get back into the kayak minus my flip-flops and my sunglasses. It was so challenging and so stressful. And now I'm running behind and my family's going to be wondering where I am, probably wondering less where I am, more just ready to go because they're at the finish line. And so I keep going down the river and then all of a sudden the heavens open up like I have never experienced before in my life, minus lightning. It's the hardest rain I have ever been in 
without lightning. And it's just pounding your head and pounding your face. And I'm paddling as fast as I can to try to get to my family. We've already gone seven miles, maybe eight. I'm exhausted. And as I'm paddling through this torrential downpour, my knees bruised because I was drug along the rapids, exhausted from trying to get all the water out of my kayak, I think to myself, this is a metaphor for life. Rapids, pouring down rain, challenging difficulties, almost drowning, miserable, tired, and exhausted. This is the definition of life. When we come to our text this morning and you think about that voyage on that creek, on that river for me and what I went through, and you hear the word of the Lord speak, you hear King David speak, you hear God saying, no, that's not right. That's not what life is like for believers. Let's pray. Lord God, open the word up to us this morning. Impress it in our souls. Impress upon our hearts the truth of your word and how it is filled with mercy and grace and goodness. May we be joyful because of our encounter with your word. And may we stand firm no matter what life brings us. May we have peace in you. Amen. So this has been a challenging week and we know what has happened in the community of Carterville. We have seen the face of evil. It's terrible. It's devastating. I will always remember that day. I will always remember hearing the sirens and seeing the police navigate down Wolf River and getting on Twitter and people talking about it before it even hit the news. It's a sad tragic, difficult day. And that's why I want us to walk through verse by verse Psalm 23 this morning because I think it talks about evil. I think it it talks well about the stresses of this life, the challenges of this world. So let's begin. Let's jump right in with verse 1. It says, The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. King David is writing a psalm of comfort here. This is a psalm or a song for the nation of Israel and it is to calm them amidst the difficulties that they are facing. And isn't it ironic that the shepherd boy who killed Goliath is the one writing not about himself as a mighty, majestic, powerful king. David is writing about his king, his shepherd. It's wonderful. Always struggled with the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What does it mean? I shall not want. Do I does David not want the Lord? Let me borrow from the New American Standard Version. I like the way they phrase this. I like the way they take the Hebrew and the way they translate it into English. The Lord is my shepherd, I will not be in need. What a good word. The Lord is my shepherd, I will not be in need. What's the imagery of God as our shepherd? It is someone who will protect you. It is someone who will guide for you. It, will, it is someone who will care for you. I have, I'll be honest, I haven't been around many shepherds. You do not see 
shepherds in the deep south. But Vicky and I were on a trip to Ireland, and we saw many shepherds. And it was, I remember actually being on a road and being behind a shepherd and his sheep and watching him navigate these animals and all that he had to do. It was truly amazing to watch the care and the instinct and the guidance of the shepherd. And so this is what David is saying to us. This is who the Lord is. He is guiding us and leading us and protecting us. He is behind us, showing the way. But there are other types of shepherds that they are in front of their flock and they are leading the way. And that is who God is and that is what He does for us. And so it's beautiful imagery that we need to take to heart. Verse 2 and verse 3. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. David is telling us that the Lord cares for His people. That He allows us and enables us to lie down in green pastures. Do you know what that means? Well, for a lamb to lie down in a green pasture, it means that they're safe. Because when they're afraid, when they think they're in danger, they stand up, they don't lay down, so that they can run away. They don't really have a lot of, they don't have means to protect themselves, but one of the things that they do is they run away in every direction. So when they are lying down in these comfortable green pastures, it means they're safe because they are protected. The shepherd leads us beside still waters. We think that the waters are tumultuous. We think that the waters can drown us. We think that the waters are difficult to navigate. That was my experience. Kayak sinks. Can't get the water out. The rapids are fierce, at least at that moment banged up by the rocks as I'm dragged through the water. This is what life is like. But what David is saying to the people of God is that because He is our shepherd and because He has placed His love upon us, because He has placed His covenant love upon us, that He is with us. That He is leading us to those still waters. And so King David is telling us that in this life, we may have problems and we may have challenges and it may be more than we can bear. Sometimes it may feel like it's just too much. But we must trust in the shepherd who is ultimately leading us to still waters. That God has a perfect plan for His people. He knows what is best for us. He loves us immensely. He is leading us. He is guiding us. He is watching over us. He's bringing us to those pastures. He's bringing us to those still waters. Lay down, my people, and drink. 
that's his plan for us. That's his promise for us. And so that when we have difficult family situations, when we have diseases that affect us, sometimes when they're terminal, when our finances are not what they should be, when our work environment is difficult and unpleasant, when life just seems hard, we look to the shepherd, we trust in his staff, and we know that He is with us, that He is in the midst of us, that He is guarding us, and He is taking us to the place where we need to be, which is ultimately and finally in His presence forevermore. That is who our God is, and that is what He does for us. Jesus is the ultimate shepherd of God's people. We come to the New Testament and we see our covenant Lord and He speaks about what He is going to do for us. And so hear this in John 14, 25-26. This is the lens in which we must see Psalm 23. We must understand the shepherd in Psalm 23 through the perspective of the one true shepherd who is Jesus Christ. Here's what He has to say in the Gospels. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. It's as if Jesus was in Carterville on Wednesday. Because here's what He's saying to His people to those He has ransomed, to those that He has given His life for on the cross, He's saying to us, you have peace. You have peace. Whatever is afflicting you, whatever troubles you are facing, understand that in Me, the Good Shepherd, I am going to lead you to the waters that are still. I am going to take you to the pastures that are green and perfect and safe. And so the world cannot understand this. Jesus is telling us in John 14, the world's not going to understand what happened Wednesday. It's just not. But I want you to understand that you have peace in me. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ascend to the throne room of grace so that the Father and I can send to you the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your hearts and in your souls. So that as you go through the deep waters and as you go through the fire, you will not be drowned and you will not burn because the Holy Spirit is there as your helper to comfort you and to lead and to guide you. And so when we enter into the darkest of days, when we walk through the valley, when evil seems to overtake the world in which we live, Jesus stands in the darkness as the one true light and He's saying to you, be at peace. Because even if this world does something awful to you, God forbid, it will be made right in eternity. And then the kingdom that is to come in all its fullness, evil will be disposed of. It will be removed. And everything will be perfect in the presence of our Savior forevermore. This is the peace we cling to. This is the peace we hold on to. This is the peace that we have in Jesus Christ that no matter what the world does to us, 
that no matter what the world does to us, He is holding us in His hand. And He will not let go. Trust in that. Believe in that. Look to the hand that holds the rod and holds the staff. That's the good news that He has given to His people. Then he says in the end of verse 3, paths of righteousness for his name's sake. We see in this the glorious nature of the Lord will be known for the love, mercy, protection, and guidance he shows his people. Why does he lead us to green pastures? Why does he lead us to beside still waters? Why does God restore our soul? Why does he bring us peace? Why has he given us the Holy Spirit? Because he wants to make his name great. Because of the glory of the Lord. Because of the glory of God. He wants the world to know through what He does for His people, how great He is, so that the people of this world and the nations of this world will worship Him, and so that God's people will worship Him, and we will worship Him forevermore. And everything that God does, He does it in order to make His name great. Because in the name of God, we find mercy and we find love and we find goodness and we find justice. That's who God is. Verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We cannot deny the presence of evil. We cannot deny the reality of death. This is the world in which we live. And we know that the world is this way because Scripture tells us that man sinned against God, man rebelled against God, and the world fell. And the world suffers under the curse of sin. That evil is here and evil is present because of our sin, because of the fall. I have personally never had an issue with that. There were times in my life in the past where I doubted many things. But I never doubted this because sin is so prevalent and evil is everywhere and people just seem more often than not to do what is wrong rather than what is right. I never struggled with this. But here's what I did struggle with. Why this way? Why? Could God not have worked all things out so that life was peaceful and fine and there was no challenges and struggles and there was no war there was no acts of violence there was no hatred why not just do it that way why do we have to go down this path of suffering and evil and darkness and death why the philosophical question that I always posed to myself and then I remember reading through the Old Testament and, and the New Testament and I thought it was very profound that two of the biggest names, if you will, in the Old and the New speak to this. The first is the prophet Isaiah. One of the well-known figures in all of Scripture. Hear what Isaiah has to say. This is in chapter 45, verse 9. Woe to him who strives with him who formed him. A pot among earthen pots. Does the clay say to him who forms it, what are you making? Or your work 
has no handles? In other words, Isaiah is saying, who are we as the created to turn to the Creator and to say, why did you do this? Why this way? But then who's the other big figure that speaks to this? It's Paul. Now think about that. Why does evil exist? Why does the valley of the shadow of death exist? Why? Philosophically speaking, Lord, why? Isaiah answers it, and then Paul echoes him. Here's what Paul says in Romans 9.20. But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder, Why have you made me like this? Isaiah and Paul saying, Who are we as created human beings under the authority, power, and majesty of a creator, of a God and king? Who are we to say to Him, Why? Because if He is all-powerful and He is all-controlling and He is all-knowing and He is just and He is good and He is merciful and He is loving as His Word tells us, then He knows why. And it took being a parent for me to understand this. It really took me becoming a parent to understand what the Word of God is saying. Because I can't tell you how many times my children have come to me and said, why? I know why. I have more collective wisdom than them. At this point in life, I think I'm a little bit smarter than them. That may not be for the future, but at least for right now. I know why. This is best for you. This is the right thing for you. This is good for you. Trust in Me. You know that I love you. You know that I care for you. You know that I will protect you. You know that I am leading you and that I am guiding you. Trust in what I am doing and trust in what I have said. And it's also as a grown adult with children that I look back on what my parents said to me and what my parents do did. And I look at the wisdom of my father and I just go, oh... I should have just listened because he knew what is best. And so these earthly examples help us understand an infinite God who rules over a finite people. And he tells us, I am the definition of love. Love exists from me and pours out from me to you. So trust in me. Trust in my love. Look to me and know that I know what is perfect, that I know what is right, that I made you for worship. And that you should do that. That you should worship me. That you should find peace in that. That you should find peace in my Son. And that you should rest in the knowledge that I am in control of all things. I am sovereign. And so we walk, when we walk 
through that valley. We know that we are going through that valley for a reason. That God is in control. That His name will be praised. That He cares for us. That He gives peace to us through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. That He knows what is best for us. And even if what afflicts us in this life is awful, He will help us to understand the other half of it and the kingdom that is to come. Our shepherd is with us and he comforts us. Verse 5 and 6. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. A table being prepared in the presence of enemies means victory. Oil being anointed on the king's head often on his guest means victory. It means blessing. Your cup overflowing also means blessing. That because of Jesus Christ, the Lord God gives us victory. That He sets the table before us for all of eternity where we will dine with our Savior who has redeemed us and loves us and saves us from our enemies. He protects us from all that the world throws at us. That table, think about this, that table in the kingdom of God has been set. We have a place at that table and He is waiting for us to dine with Him. That is what the peace of Christ is all about. That through Jesus we have peace. Through Jesus we have blessing. That is what God does for us. And so here, the final word this morning. This is from Romans 8, 38-39. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. There are going to be awful days that are going to come in your life. Days like this past week when evil just seemed to raise its flag and it ruled. There are going to be days in your life when you are going to walk through the valley. When the shadows are going to overtake you. When you're going to fully and completely understand that this life is hard and it is not fair. And you're going to want to quit and you're going to want to give up and you're going to want to bemoan all of this. Where is God? Why has He done this? Here's the truth of the matter. We don't deserve anything. We've rebelled against Him. we sinned against Him. We've turned our back on Him. And He's pursued us. He's gone into the darkest of valleys and there Jesus planted His cross. There Jesus said, I love you. And I'm giving my life for you. And I'm going to take the punishment that you deserve. And I'm going to do all of this so that I can come out of that empty tomb with my shepherd's stick in my hand and I can lead my people to the green pastures and to the still waters. That is our hope amidst the darkness and evil of this world. Look to King Jesus, our shepherd. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank You for Your Word, which is 
a word of comfort to our soul that we may not understand this life and we may not understand this world. We may not understand the evil that surrounds us, but that we know in King Jesus, our shepherd, we have peace. And that when the kingdom comes in all its fullness, evil will be done away with. And everything will be right. And so, Father, continue to lead us to green pastures and continue to lead us to still waters. In the name and for the sake of your Son, we pray. Amen.